Welcome to Frictionless Marketing, an exploration of how modern marketers are building their brands, reaching their audiences, and thriving in this post-advertising world. Today, we're talking to Javier Bosch, the head of U.S. communications at AbbVie. In this conversation, we explore the true meaning of the very commonly used term storytelling, but in the greater context of communications and analytics. We also get into Javier's career approach to being a generalist versus a specialist, along with some leadership lessons. Now, here is Lippy Taylor CEO Paul Dyer in conversation with AbbVie's head of U.S. communications, Javier Bosch. I think when you and I last crossed paths, you were still um, running StoryLab, which was something you had really created from the ground up inside of AbbVie. Um, that was probably five years ago that you created that, right? Um, is that still in existence? It is. Um, so how do you, and now you're the head of U.S. communications, which seems like that's sort of the core communications, you know, whereas StoryLab always felt like it was the innovator and the disruptor. So how do you sort of you know, think about those two things. Let's say that with StoryLab, you're right in that StoryLab was was an amazing uh, experience, and I would say experiment, because it was the first time that Amvi at the at the you know headquarters level uh, wanted to give it a try to uh, or, or give it a give it a try. Uh, to all things connected to content, content development, storytelling, and things like that, right? Uh, in a centralized fashion, right? So wanting to uh, beyond creating a team and 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 assigning people to a place, right? Uh, what what uh, attracted me was the was the mindset and the idea that we wanted to establish a culture of storytelling, a culture within the communications function that uh, uh, intended to go beyond press releases and corporate language to try to do things in a much more engaging fashion, if you will, right? So after two years with them and with StoryLab and creating StoryLab and trying to align the team, the communications function and the, and the company's culture uh, and, and rally everyone behind an idea that again had storytelling at the, at the center of it. Another opportunity within Avi came out, which was leading the U.S. team, right? Uh, theoretically speaking, the two opportunities had not much to do with each other. Uh, one of them, you know, as you can tell, it was all about, first of all, the, the remit was the corporate brand, corporate, the Avvi brand and how will we drive the company's narrative? And that was StoryLab. With, uh, with the U.S., with, in the U.S. role, which I've been doing now for uh, two plus years, uh, it was about managing the communications team for the U.S., right? The U.S. being, as you can imagine, the largest business we have within Abbey. And it was almost like, it felt like I was starting from scratch right out of, fresh out of college. Because I had no experience 
in the U.S. Uh, space, right? Uh, with no experience, or uh, yeah, no experience, or 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 no, no, with a very basic understanding of the healthcare system in the U.S., right? Um, so it was my first experience in the U.S. market. So I needed to to reset and 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 take a completely different approach. It was not so much about about creating creating uh, something from scratch and understanding what the key what the key elements of that thing should be, right? And that's how, you know, at a very high level, uh, how I would describe the startup experience. In the U.S., was all about learning, and, you know, uh, rolling and sleeves on app and trying to get up to speed real quick. Nobody waits for you, right, in these environments. So it was taking a very, very different... I guess that the, the common denominator there is the willingness to... Uh, the appetite to learn, right? And the appetite to, to stretch uh, myself and to, and to challenge myself, I guess, that that's the common denominator. Other than that, I can't find any other similarities. Now, I will tell you that after two years uh, in this role, uh, we've changed uh, and evolved in a way that has lots of similarities with the story lab mindset, right? We can talk about those uh, if you guys you know want to. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, always. So it, it feels very much like Story Lab was like a you know like a skunk works. It was where the the innovation happened, and now that you're running, you're managing the team for the U.S. You're pulling the things that you learn from the innovation center into the the broader communications function. So, what are some examples of that? Yeah, you could put it that way. I mean, uh, to me, the the best example is this is this notion of of as being storytellers versus as being communicators, right? I think that uh, although it's it's become a, a buzzword, right, that everyone uses with more or less meaning. Um, I believe in, in, in that the communicator, I was going to say of the future, but it's the communicator today, now, needs to be one that understands how to leverage, and is skilled at leveraging storytelling as part of, of their job, and also one that thinks about uh, their work as, uh, how can you create an always-on way to engage with your audiences? Right. Uh, we used to be. We used to be. Uh, and and it's also that something that I sort of uh, was faced with when I when I landed here uh, in this role, my current role, that we used to be very much milestone based, right? So then we used to have in the healthcare space, right? You you have the very well defined uh, medical meeting X, medical meeting Y, right? And then you have data publications and the regulatory milestone here and there, right? And the challenge has been how do we turn that into opportunities to keep this always on engine running, right? Uh, they are not one-off opportunities where we show up 
and then vanish right after that milestone is gone, right? And how do we create all that? So then with that comes along a whole new way of looking at your job, right? For example, analytics, right? And you and I actually met uh, uh, to discuss analytics the first time we met. And how do we leverage our ability to, uh, to generate insights that inform the way we think about our work, right? And the way, the way we think about our brands, it is. Well, and that's what's so exciting. I, to hear somebody speak about storytelling and analytics in the first in the same sentence, that doesn't happen very often. Usually the, the creatives are talking about storytelling and then there's like, you know, the quants are over in a different corner. So how have you, you know, are you, are you able to bring those together within your team or? Well, this is, this is, I would say that it's it's uh, it, it will it will be uh, or it it's an, it is a never-ending story, right? So we can get better. We will never be there, right? And that's the beauty of it, too. I believe uh, the way we. I mean, think about it. I mean, Avi, a large organization, right? We are, uh, you know, uh, serving, you know, hundreds of thousands of patients. Uh, we have great medicines, uh, you know, meeting high, high amend needs, right? Well, we're going after uh, the toughest, uh, you know, health challenges, right? And in the U.S., uh, we are a large organization. And with a large organization, we have things like a, a, an amazing analytics team, right? We have an amazing consumer marketing team, right? None of those are public affairs, Right. But we do work in the same environment that we call brand teams, right? So we are all here to support and advance our brand narrative, right? So if we didn't leverage our access to insights, to data, uh, to do our work, to do our job much better, we would be missing a huge opportunity, right? So... It's not so much at this point that we see something that nobody else does. I think it's much more about about leveraging the opportunity that is in front of us, right? It's uh, I always say that, and I've been saying this for probably a couple of years now, or maybe a few years now, that when I started my career, career the communications was an art, right? It was all about. Uh, being a good writer, right? Which I used to be in Spanish, not so not so good in English, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, and it was an art, right? And uh, now, communications is much more a science than an art. But you just said that everybody needs to be storytellers, right? So communicators used to, essentially, in particular in healthcare, communicate the data to somebody else who was the storyteller. Right, a member of the media or whoever that was a storyteller, and we just communicated with them. And now you're saying that they should be the storyteller, which is inherently an art, right? It is an art that needs to be fully agreed. In my opinion, it is an art that needs to be informed by science, meaning analytics mm. data. I like uh, to talk about being analytics inspired instead yes. of data driven. Exactly. It's analytics is the same page. It's uh, analytics inspired, if you will, and and again, the the 
even even 15 or 18 years ago again when i started my career the i mean we were even talking about storytelling right we were talking about writing right and in our profession writing was important and and uh writing uh what at the time was was or represented the core materials that a, a communicator would work on right and today the variety, the richness of the formats, the channels, and the possibilities that we have are endless, right? So our ability to connect the dots across all that, uh, from analytics to storytelling, to or from insights to storytelling to analytics, uh, to me is what will uh, make people either excel at their jobs or, or miserably fa fail which is an option too. It's interesting. There's there's a lot of discussion about specialization versus generalists in the marketing industry. And um, so it's, it's like, a, you know, I see one book that's written about the importance of being a specialist and then the next book says the importance of being a generalist. <laughs> so I guess, where do you fall on that? Is it, you know, as communications professionals? I would say that, that I'm a generalist. I'm, you know, I'll tell you that I don't think I'm good or really good at anything. Uh, however, I think that from a soft skill standpoint, um, having this ability to connect the dots across everything that is happening, and at this point in my career, the ability to align your team and drive your team and create opportunities for your team to truly enjoy uh, this all this reality that now we are operating under. It's huge. The opportunity is, is amazing, right? But to your question, I'm a generalist. I'm not. I mean, obviously, in my early in my early days, uh, career-wise, again, I think I think I was good at writing. Uh, I never became a specialist, right? I was good uh, from a from a from a. I, I used to work for a, for Edelman actually, uh, in Spain, and for eight years. And yeah, the whole I learned a lot there, but I I was never a specialist. Now I think that it you can be, you can be either one, right? You can go either way. I mean, you can be a specialist, you can be a generalist. It also depends on what you want for your career, right? and the depth and breadth uh, with which you want to develop your career. If you think about building out your team and your hiring, are you looking for more generalists or are you looking to hire specialists? I'm looking for generalists. I'm looking for people able to, to understand the big picture, people who have good judgment, people who are passionate and have the drive and the energy. Energy is very important. And people who can connect the dots. So as part of this series, we've interviewed now communications leaders from a wide range of industries, global industries. Obviously, all industries have um, varying degrees of importance placed on local regions versus global. Um, and healthcare has a whole unique you know, set of challenges related to the, you know, each, each country that you operate in. 
But as somebody who lived in Spain, worked in Spain, now you're in Chicago, have been for many years, what's your perspective on communications professionals being um, having global expertise and experience uh, versus having a global understanding and working with partners around the world, whether they're on your own teams internally, you know, or agency partners, et cetera, who know their local markets? I would say that it's, in my opinion, it should be more of the latter, right? You, I mean, I used to work for the, for Abbey's global public affairs organization for four years. And again, amazing experience. That's how I started here, actually. Not here at Abbey, but here uh, in Chicago. Uh, first for, for Humira and immunology, and then for hepatitis C. And it's, it's, it's a great experience. It's great work. It's very strategic work. But without the people on the ground understanding how to translate that, all that you, you do here into the actual reality of, of theirs, uh, none of that makes sense. So you still need the people on the ground who are going to make their own decisions from a tactical standpoint, right? And the global work and the global mindset and, and the ability for people to establish the right, to establish the right relationships with, with, the, with, the, with the countries, right, is very important when you are in a global role. Understanding their sensitivities, understanding their resources, understanding that, you know, that Spain is not the U.S., right? Well, Germany is not Spain, right? And, and how do you go about that, right? And understanding the different, uh, how the different healthcare systems uh, work, right? And all that without an open mind and without understanding that, that you are in a global role to understand them, not so they understand you, is very important. I don't know if that responds, yeah. Changing gears a little bit, one of the, um, I think there's probably a lot of people listening to this that agree with your philosophy about being storytellers um, and focusing on content production and distribution as part of the communications function. But one of their challenges that I hear frequently is not knowing how to change the measurement paradigm. They're measured against certain metrics, whether those are, you know, um, impressions and things like that, or, or whatever their metrics are, and changing the measurement paradigm to account for a completely different way of doing their work, like moving into a storytelling role. Is that something you've had to deal with in the past? How do you, I mean, how do you recommend people go about that? That's a million dollar question, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so here, here's how I think about it. First of all, public affairs is not alone in this, right? Communication is not alone in this. Um, secondly, make friends with the marketing, consumer marketing and analytics teams, right? Big time, right? That's why we are we work uh, more and more in highly matrix organizations, right? Where the function is the identity kind of blends with the with the brand identity, right? You don't want to, there's, I, I constantly push my team so that they understand that I don't want to see big wins for communications. I want to see big wins for the brands that we represent, 
right? And and I want my team to understand what are those things that we can add value to within the brand environment, right? What's the brand story? What are the insights? How can I better understand how to support the business, how to advance the business priorities? But I don't want that uh, because we have, uh, I don't want to have the vanity of, yeah, I'm going to do that because I want to demonstrate how public affairs does this or that so well, right? It's because my whole, I mean, my obsession is to demonstrate value to the brand, right? And to demonstrate that we can advance and contribute to advancing the brand's priorities. And you can only do so if you're working effectively in this highly matrix environment where you understand things like what are the most valuable actions that we're trying to drive consumers to do, right? That's a concept that it's a marketing concept, right? So now, now we are discussing with, with, with my team. So is these most valuable actions already there? No need to reinvent the wheel. Don't come up with most valuable actions from a communication standpoint. That doesn't exist. Come up with the best ways from a tactical standpoint in this case, for you, right, for, for you, communicator, to drive value and to drive people, your target audience, to those actions, right? And, and, and the point is, you need to look at your efforts not on, a, on, a, on an effort-by-effort effort basis, right? Think about this always-on content engine, right? All the activations that you want to make, right? And then over the course of X number of, of months, right? Look at it, right? Or go back to your analytics dashboard that is pulled together by the brand team and see if there are any ticks there that may or not or may not overlap with your activities, right? Your activities also don't happen in isolation, right? People don't care if you are activating things from a communication standpoint or from a marketing standpoint. So the key is that very, very, uh, establishing that very, very healthy and productive and efficient um, relationship with paid media teams, consumer marketing, HCP marketing, analytics, non-personal promotion, customer experience teams. Right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things you mentioned always on, and now you talked about the difference between consumer and HCP, for people who are listening to this that are not specifically in the healthcare industry, consumerization has been a, a macro trend that has you know devastated many sort of legacy industries or dramatically changed them um, from retail, CPG, et cetera, direct brands. And we're now feeling it a couple of years later, perhaps, in the healthcare industry, right? Where providers and insurance companies are putting patients in the middle and saying, you go tell them to cover it <laughs> and things like that, right? And you've got the patients going into doctors and saying, here's what I think I have and here's the script that I want. So the consumerization is coming. It feels like the Let Me Be Clear campaign, the psoriasis campaign that you're running at AbbVie is, you know, it's a, it's a very much a consumer patient focused um, program designed to inspire patients, you know, patient to patient through storytelling. Um, I'm curious, you know, was there sort of a, a spark or an insight that led you in that direction for that specific patient population, or is that just where you think everything is going now? 
Yeah. So without getting into specifics as to what the Let Me Be Clear campaign, you know, insights and trigger and triggers were, uh, I will tell you that from a communication standpoint, um, and again, in the context of these of these highly you know matrix organizations that we operate in, um, we do have a lot to say about as to how we can engage with with our air quotes consumers, right? With patients uh, living with uh, with people living with diseases we treat, with caregivers who surround these patients, right? And um, with reaching to those patients uh, across channels with a message that is a lot less, um, let's say, uh, corporate-driven, a lot less a lot less uptight, in a way, and a lot more engaging, right? So when I think about, you know, the consumer and the way we think about our our job today, there's a lot in there that has to do with, with, I go back to the same thing, right? With storytelling, with understanding the patient journey, right? With going out there to understand how these people live with a given disease, right? And trying to translate all that into engaging content that allows to constantly uh, engage with this with this audience, right? So yes, there is actually Avi, our consumer marketing team is is, is amazing, right? And they do develop uh, super creative, uh, very effective uh, uh, and efficient campaigns, right? So there is, back to my point earlier, there is so much we can leverage, right? We are not alone. And it's just a matter of losing some, you know, I remember uh, years, um, probably now several years ago where we needed to stand by what public affairs was, right? And defend our territory, <laughs> right? And it was uh-huh. like, let's get resources, let's get headcount, uh-huh. right? Let's make sure that we educate people on what we do, right? Now, in my opinion, everything is shifting towards a much more synergistic, consolidated vision of how to engage with your consumers, right? In this case, and generalizing. Uh, and how do we come together to engage with the consumer? Understanding that that each one of these functions have value to add, right? So we are we are we are we are having this conversation versus that more old conversation regarding is Palika first press releases, right? Well, it's very inspired. You know, to hear that that's out, that's that's happening internally, and it's interesting to hear you talk about it. Like, public affairs does not need to be the hero of the story anymore, because just segueing, you've said you know before that you don't want to position Abby as the hero of the story, as a storyteller, right? That Abby should play a role rather than being the hero. So I'm curious, who is the hero, and how do you decide? You know, when is you know who's who the right hero is for a story. Well, that's that. It's a great question, um, and one that that uh, 
culturally, uh, from a company culture standpoint, and I don't think that's an ugly thing. I think it's uh, probably we can we can we can uh, generalize that um, that when you tell your company inter- internal stakeholders, including but not limited to marketing, uh, that you don't want your company or your product to be the hero of the story. I mean, people. I mean, you you raise some. Aren't we paying some for eyebrows. it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And not 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 long ago, we had here um, Steve Clayton, Microsoft's uh, chief storyteller. He came over, and we did a session with marketing, and uh, public communications hosted a session with marketing, and Steve Clayton, where he brought this up, right, and. He's he's a super insightful guy. He's amazing, and obviously the work he's done with Microsoft and over the last few years has been amazing. And and he he had the same experience. And you tell people, listen, storytelling is about uh, the story. It's not about you, right? Storytelling is about who is the hero in the story. The hero in the story can be the janitor that closes and opens every morning and every night the, the, the office, or it can be the patient who has living with that disease for 40 years. It can be a caregiver who has been caring for that patient for X number of years. It can be a scientist whose life has been devoted to finding a cure for hepatitis C, but it's never the product, right? That. I always go back to this, um, to the show don't tell principle, right? Is uh, and we are sometimes so annoyingly obvious when we communicate, right? So you don't want to say how great you are; you want to show it, right? And there's many ways, and story actually storytelling gives you the the ability to show how great you are without telling people in the face how great you are. Another reference that when I when we started to to create the Story Lab team, uh, we always uh, uh, used to go back to to this uh, site, uh, GE Report. Yep, that's a great site. And uh, it's a great site. And uh, I think that I read something at the time from Thomas Kellner. Thomas Kellner or Keller? I think it's Kellner. He's the, the editor-in-chief for GE Reports. And I remember uh, coming across this interview uh, of him where he, uh, he said that if you go to a dinner party and you start talking about yourself, people will basically blank, disconnect, or even tell you. Get out you, of that conversation as quickly as possible. Get out, exactly. <laughs> get rid of you. If you go to that same conversation and start talking about your experiences, your failures, your successes, your your point of view, people will stick with you, right? So it's no different, right? We're not yet we're not yet there, right? We're far, but that's the mindset that that we need to shift into that. And there are there are amazing examples, probably more outside of pharma, uh, the consumer-facing 
with consumer-facing brands, right, uh, that tell you that that's, we're not discovering anything new. It's, it's out there, right? Mm-hmm. So for everybody who's listening, Javier is the head of communications at AbbVie, which makes products that are literally life-saving drugs. And he just said the product is not the hero. So for everybody else, you can almost guarantee your product is definitely not the hero. <laughs> um, so Javier, last question here. You created StoryLab five years ago, right? So you had some, some, some prescience at that time, some forward-looking, seeing this trend coming. Now you're living it through sort of the daily um, communications function. And I think a lot of people would agree that you know, that has come to be, that brands as storytellers really is um, you know, the, the way we operate today and on our best day at least. Um, so as you think about the next five years, what's the, what, what is the change in mindset um, or the new perspective that you think people really need to embrace? I would say that I've always been bad at this, but uh, I, will, I would say that uh, the reality of today will only get bigger and broader right? And the possibilities we have today will only get, uh, will only increase, right? So we're talking about digital communications, digital storytelling, analytics. Uh, We're talking about being a lot more accurate, right? And making decisions. We're talking about uh, being uh, a lot more accurate at measuring what we do, right? Uh, I envision, uh, and I'm hoping for a, for a, future where where again communications continues to have a seat on the table uh the same level as marketing and other functions uh bringing and and uh, bringing the value of storytelling connecting the dots the value of of expert judgment right um and i see i see this i was talking earlier about you know, communications, I mean, in a way, I like as, as, as communicators to forget about this uh, sense of territoriality, right? And continue to push the boundaries so that we become one of them, so to speak, right? Uh, that can only bring along great opportunities from a career standpoint, from a development standpoint, from a learning standpoint. And the days where we needed to approach our work from an educational standpoint, at least my experience at Advi, is that are gone, right? Uh, don't, don't, Don't continue to justify yourself. Go for it. You have nothing to be ashamed for, right? It's a, it's a lot more about about talking, you know, face to face with with every other function, and having the confidence that that we can, we have a lot to say and a lot of value to add to the brand. Yeah. I think that's again a very inspired view for the future, and I very much hope that you end up being accurate uh, in terms of where everybody's heading. It sounds like you've, you've you're well on your way, Abby. Um, thank you for sharing your thoughts today. Thank you. Thanks, Javier. 
All right. Great conversation there. Big thanks to Javier and his team for coordinating this. So here are some key takeaways from this conversation with Javier Bosch. Number one, communications pros need to focus on creating a model for continuous storytelling. There's an increasing number of platforms on which a brand can tell its story, and this has challenged comms professionals to identify ways to keep the storytelling engine running. Whether it's social media, a brand newsroom, or online publication, the demand for original content requires communicators to focus on keeping the brand narrative alive across platforms simultaneously. Conversely, campaigns should not engage in one-off tactics that do not advance the larger story, as these tactics are often distracting and can do more harm than good. Ultimately, comms professionals need to take a transmedia approach and ensure that their brand story has cohesion across all platforms. Number two, don't mistake the brand for the hero of your story. Although brands play a role in stories, they should never be the center of the narrative of your marketing. Compelling stories are about heroes, whether that's the patient bravely fighting a disease for 40 years or the scientist devoted to finding a cure for hepatitis C. These are the hero's journeys in the Joseph Campbell sense, which audiences are wired to follow and have been for generations. Before running U.S. comms, Javier oversaw AbbVie's Story Lab, which was a content strategy team that brought the work of different departments to life. This type of narrative-focused storytelling enabled AbbVie to be part of conversations by creating relevant, engaging, and authentic content without overtly pushing their brand. This is the kind of content that patients and customers engage a lot more significantly with. Number three, a global mindset is about understanding local needs. Javier believes that having a global mindset is about knowing how to establish the right relationships within key markets. It's the local communicators, however, who know how to translate big picture ideas so that the global strategy makes sense on a local level. On the ground, communicators are tapped into the cultural nuances, local regulatory requirements, and own the relationships which enable them to execute the global strategy within specific countries and markets. Javier states that you are in a global role to understand local teams, not so they can understand you. Anyway, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would share it with your friends and colleagues on LinkedIn or other social media. Don't forget to follow the show on LinkedIn and on Instagram. And to learn more about Lippy Taylor, visit lippytaylor.com. That's L-I-P-P-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Frictionless Marketing. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to check out Paul's best-selling book, Friction Fatigue, What the Failure of Advertising Means for Future-Focused Brands. In Friction Fatigue, Paul explains to readers why advertising is broken and provides a frictionless marketing framework to help build your brand in an era where advertising is no longer the answer. You'll learn how to protect your business against competitors and lead the pack with fresh marketing strategies that will help you prepare for a future where the consumer rules. Friction Fatigue is now available on Amazon and as a book on tape on audible.com. Thanks again for listening.